loving God, the grass withers and the flowers fade, but your word stands forever. So today, we pray, help us to truly hear it. Allow your words to sink deep into the marrow of our bones. Allow your words to lift our hearts in hope that we might feel one day closer to your promised day. With hopeful and grateful hearts, we pray. Amen. First reading is from Luke verses 46 to 55. And Mary said, My soul magnifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior. For he has looked with favor on the lowly state of his servant. Surely, from now on all generations will call me blessed, for the Mighty One has done great things for me, and holy is his name. Indeed, his mercy is for those who fear him, from generation to generation. He has shown strength with his arm. He has scattered the proud in the imagination of their hearts. He has brought down the powerful from their thrones and lifted up the lowly. He has filled the hungry with good things and sent the rich away empty. He has come to the aid of his child Israel in remembrance of his mercy, according to the promise he made to our ancestors, to Abraham and his descendants forever. This is the promise of God to our ancestors and to to us. Thanks be to God. And our gospel reading for this morning also comes from Luke chapter 1, verses 67 through 80. Listen for what the Spirit is speaking to us today. Then his father Zechariah was filled with the Holy Spirit and prophesied, Blessed be the Lord God of Israel, for he has looked favorably on his people and redeemed them. He has raised up a mighty Savior for us in the house of his child David, as he spoke through the mouth of his holy prophets from old, that we would be saved from our enemies and from the hand of all who hate us. Thus he has shown the mercy promised to our ancestors and has remembered his holy covenant, the oath that he swore to our ancestor Abraham, to grant us that we, being rescued from the hands of our enemies, might serve him without fear, in holiness and righteousness, in the presence of all our days. And you, child, will be called the prophet of the Most High, for you will go before the Lord to prepare his ways, to give his people knowledge of salvation by the forgiveness of their sins, because of the tender mercies of our God. The dawn from on high will break upon us, 
to shine upon those who sit in darkness and in the shadow of death, to guide our feet into the way of peace. The child grew and became strong in spirit, and he was in the wilderness until the day he appeared publicly to Israel. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. I believe that we are living through a crisis of singing. See, for tens of thousands of years, human beings all around the world in every culture have gathered together to sing. Though recently, this practice has waned dramatically. With the advent of the recorded voice, more of us now listen to singing than actually do it. Until Edison's invention of the phonograph in 1877, the only way that we human beings could hear singing was through live performance. Now, of course, we have access to recordings of the best vocalists in the world, and many of us worry that unless I can sing like Adele, I'd better not do it at all. So if you pair that anxiety with reduced music education in schools and fewer people attending worship services, and suddenly we have a crisis of singing on our hands. In churches and faith communities, we are some of the last gathering places where people come together to lift their voices in song. And I wonder if the lack of hope in our culture right now can at least in part be traced to fewer people coming together to sing than ever before. Now, I'm not one who likes to should on you in my sermons. Not very often. I rarely tell you what you should or shouldn't do. Most of my preaching is about what God has done for us. But when it comes to singing, let me just say this. You avoid it to your own detriment. There have been multiple studies on the effects of singing on health. And again and again, singing is correlated with lower stress, with stimulating memory, with increased lung capacity and balance. It fosters trust and cooperation. The data on this is, it's quite compelling. My favorite study is called Sing With Us, and they tracked the stress hormones in cancer patients and found that those patients who sang in choirs consistently had reduced stress hormones and increased their body's ability to fight illness. How about that? So as you consider what your New Year's resolutions might be for 2024, then you should consider joining this choir. (laughs) How about that for a commercial, Sherry? Our readings for today are two songs. We just hear them spoken, but they were songs, Mary and Zechariah. Mary sings her Magnificat and does so after meeting her cousin Elizabeth, who is also pregnant with a miraculous child. Elizabeth sees Mary and blesses her, and Mary responds to those words of blessing by singing her story of hope. So how does a weary world rejoice? We sing stories of hope. And Mary, in Luke chapter 1, takes her place 
in a long line of women in the scriptures who sing of God's deliverance. Miriam, after the Exodus, Deborah, Judith, and Hannah all sing about how God brought redemption to an otherwise hopeless people. Yet Mary's song is by far the most radical. See, Mary sings of a God who saves, and salvation for her isn't about heavenly rewards. No, salvation for Mary is about God scattering the proud, bringing down the powerful from their thrones. Salvation means that God is lifting up the lowly, feeding the hungry, and sending the rich away empty. See, Mary's song is revolutionary. It cannot be spiritualized. It is about God changing the material realities in our world right here and now to bless those who are in the most need. Every year, for many years now, we hear that refrain, right, from certain Christians who are complaining about we, best, we need to put Christ back in Christmas. Well, one response to that might be, that is such a great idea. Let's do that. Let's bring down the mighty from their thrones. Let's feed the poor. Let us welcome the refugees like the baby Jesus. Thank you for this wonderful suggestion. Putting Christ back in Christmas. Somehow I don't think that those who are complaining have this in mind, but that's what Mary has in mind. And her son's life in ministry will be shaped by her song. In fact, if we were to summarize Mary's song into a single line, it might sound something like this. Thy kingdom come, and thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. What does it look like when God's kingdom comes to earth, when God's will is done on earth as it is in heaven? Well, that is exactly what the civil rights movement sought to bring into reality in our country. That those who had been brought low by centuries of racist policies might be lifted up at long last, not so that they might become the new oppressors. No, so that we might all live together in the beloved community. And of course, one of the greatest hallmarks of this movement was that they didn't just march. They didn't just fill in lunch counters. They also sang. They sang songs like We Shall Overcome, which of course many of you know that Pete Seeger helped spread throughout the movement. But musicologists tell us that the words of this song go back much, much further, back to the slave songs sung on the plantations, and that the music of this song may well go back to a song composed aboard slave ships. And so when we sing, we shall overcome, we join our voices to generations who went before us, many of whom never saw their own deliverance, but held on to their hope through song, knowing that one day, one day we will be free. So let's sing it together.
We sing stories of hope. Zechariah sings his story of hope as well. And just like with Mary, salvation for Zechariah isn't about what happens to you when you die. It is about God rescuing Israel from her enemies in the here and now. It's about God fulfilling God's covenant with Abraham. And that covenant, you may recall, was God's promise to bless all the families of the earth through Abraham's family. And while the covenant was made with a particular people and a particular family, God's plan was to bless all peoples and all families through this one chosen family. And the story of Israel in the scriptures is a story of a people who are called to bless everyone, but too often lose sight of that vision and end up focused only on themselves. And in that regard, Israel's story mirrors all of our stories. For God has called us to love each other, to uplift the downtrodden, to live as the beloved community, yet too often we become focused on ourselves and we lose sight of God's larger dream. And so what will become of God's covenant when we fail to do our part? Well, Zechariah sings about that as well. He sings that this coming child will give God's people knowledge of salvation by the forgiveness of their sins. Because of the tender mercy of our God, the dawn from on high shall break upon us to shine upon those who sit in darkness in the shadow of death to guide our feet into the way of peace. So Zechariah sings about a God who forgives whose tender mercy will bring forth a new dawn into our dark and weary world. With all that is going on in our world right now, we could use a little light, don't you think? And the fact that Zechariah doesn't merely speak about the coming dawn, but he sings it, this is crucial. See, singing unites more than just our voices. It unites more than our hearts and our breath. Singing, in a literal sense, unites us with the cosmos itself. You may have missed this in the news, but in June of this year, a team of astronomers from around the world were working together as the North American Nanohertz Observatory for Gravitational Waves. That's a mouthful. And they detected a series of gravity waves that were humming throughout the entire cosmos. Now, the detection of gravity waves themselves is an extraordinary finding first made in 2016, over 100 years after scientists predicted their existence based on Einstein's theory of general relativity. But it wasn't until this year that these scientists discovered background gravitational waves that are the result of the Big Bang. And they are literally everywhere. Astrophysicist Adam Frank says this discovery is proof that something miraculous, something wonderful is happening right under our noses. Actually, it's happening to our noses and the rest of our bodies as well. Every proton and neutron in every atom from the tip of your toes to the top of your heads is shifting, shuttling, and vibrating in a collective purr within which the entire history of the cosmos is implicated. He writes, all of a sudden we know 
we are humming in tune with the entire universe, that each of us contains the signature of everything that has ever been. In other words, the cosmos is united by one giant song humming from the very dawn of time. John's gospel opens, in the beginning was the word. And the Celtic Christians reworded that verse to, in the beginning was the song. I love it when physics and theology come together. 2023 is the year that physics discovered what the mystics and saints have known all along. That we are part of a cosmic song that unites us to all things. And this song fuels our hope for a better world. It is what inspired Dr. King to write from a Birmingham jail, all life is interrelated. All people are caught in an inescapable network of mutuality tied in a single garment of destiny. Whatever affects one directly affects all indirectly. See, the song of the cosmos unites us all, and that is why we must sing. So I'm going to ask you to stand and sing with me. This is my Father's world, hymn number 370. It's not printed in your bulletins. You're going to have to pull out your hymnals. Hymn number 370. It reminds us that all nature sings and round me rings the music of the spheres. For in the beginning was the song. Beloved, this is our Father's world, and lest we never forget that though the wrong seems off so strong, God is the ruler yet. So let us join our voices with Mary and with Zechariah, with those on the plantations and those who marched and sang for a better world. God's promise to unite heaven and earth was realized in the birth of Christ. And what happened in him shall one day be realized by all. Let's sing. seated. <clears throat> 